You are listening to a message from Treeline Church, a life-giving church in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. If you are in the Pittsburgh region, we would love to have you join us in person for one of our services. Check out treeline.church for times and location. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. Hello, Treeline family. We are so excited to have you with us this morning. We are celebrating Easter. And I know it may be a little bit different because we're not gathered physically together. And maybe this is the first time in a long time you haven't been physically at church on Easter. Or maybe it's the other way for you. Maybe this is the first time in a long time wherever that you've been to church on Easter. Wherever you're at in that spectrum, we are so glad to have you with us this morning. Maybe you got dressed up in your Sunday best. Maybe you're set ready to go for Easter. Maybe you're still in your jammies. Perhaps you just rolled out of bed. Wherever you are in that spectrum, we're still so glad to have you with us today. Today is one of the greatest days as a Christ follower because we are celebrating what Jesus has done for us. That God loved you so much that he would send his son Jesus. He would come to this world. That he would pay the price for our sins, for your mistakes, for our failures. That he would go to the cross. That he would be beaten, betrayed, and die a brutal death. But then he would go to the grave. And on that third day, you know the story. He rose back to life and he conquered and defeated the enemy and death and the grave. He rose victorious so that we could have relationship with the heavenly father. It's not something that we can do to earn. It's just a free gift that he has given us. It's the good news of the gospel of Jesus. And this is why we celebrate Easter. And this is why this is such a holy holiday for us as Christ followers. So we're so thankful that you could be here with us today. I know things are a little bit different in our society, in our world. Obviously, we're meeting at home instead of physically together as a church, and things are, there's just a lot of uncertainty. And I don't know about you and what you're facing and what you're going through. And yeah, we're going to talk about the story of Jesus because it's Easter and that's what we do, right? But I want to kind of back up a little bit and I want to share another story with you. I want to share a story with you from the Old Testament about some people who are also going through a very difficult time. They were facing a lot of uncertainty. Maybe you you will identify a little bit with their story. But I want to go all the way back in the Old Testament to the second book in the book of Exodus. And at this time, there were a group of people who were in exile. They were the Hebrews. They were the people of Israel. And so to kind of set the stage in the story for you, they were in exile. Their, Their land was in famished. There was just no food. And so at one point, there was someone named Joseph who was kind of in charge in Egypt. And he was one of them. And so he kind of rolled out the red carpet and the Pharaoh, the king of Egypt at that time was like, hey, bring everyone on in, bring the family in. You can come here and you can eat and have food and you can live here and live among ourselves. And matter of fact, take the best of everything. But then as they came there and they kind of began to multiply and things began, they were really blessed. And they kind of really started to multiply and grow. And then another king that didn't know who Joseph was, didn't kind of have that favor anymore, started looking at him in a little different way. Instead of saying, hey, what it's so great to have our friends here, it became, hey, they're growing quite a bit. And as they multiply, they're coming a little bit of a threat. I don't they could kind of overtake us. And so to solve that problem, they do some really terrible things. He actually enslaved these people. They're put into hard, brutal labor. They've kind of saw, hey, we're trying to build these things. We want to build our kingdom and build these physical structures. And so now we have all this slave labor. And so they slave the Hebrew people, the, the people of Israel, God's chosen people. They're now in slavery. They have no freedom. They live in tyranny. They live in fear for their lives. They're, they're treated terribly. And so as they go through, this just breaks God's heart. God doesn't want his people to be living like that. And so some of you may have heard of a guy named Moses. Moses enters 
enters the scene. And we don't have time to dive into his whole story. I encourage you to go back and read it in Exodus. It's amazing to see how God uses him and sets him up to set his people free. And so he comes to the king. He comes to the Pharaoh of Egypt and he tells him, God, I want you to set my people free. And Pharaoh tells him, no, 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 over and over again. And then God uses Moses to do all these supernatural things, sends plagues, signs and wonders. And finally, even as Pharaoh's heart is hardened more and more by God, he finally relents and he said, fine, take these people and get them out of here. So all of the people, can you imagine an entire nation of people, they're going to leave Egypt. They're going to go out. They're going to go to the land that God had promised them. God had given them a promised land that they were going to go to, that they weren't going to be slaves anymore, that they were going to be set free, that they'd have a future for them and their children and their grandchildren, that they wouldn't have to live under such hardship and tyranny. So you can imagine the, the hope that they felt as they were going to go out. And so we jump in the story here now as Pharaoh finally lets them go. And he says, you know, go get them out of here. And they all pack up, they get the caravan and they're ready to go. And we jump up into Exodus 13, and in verse 17, it says this, When Pharaoh finally let the people go, God did not lead them along the main road that runs through the Philistine territory, even though it was the shortest route to the promised land. God said if the people are faced with battle, because the Philistines were their enemies, not someone who wanted them coming through their land. So God said if the people are faced with the battle, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led them in a roundabout way through the wilderness towards the Red Sea. Thus the Israelites left Egypt like an army ready for battle. So did you catch this? They are leaving. They're going to get, get to their destination. They're going to go to the land that God had promised them. And instead of hopping on the interstate, instead of getting on Interstate 79 or 376 and taking the parkway downtown, they're not going to go the easy route because God said, hey, there's going to be some resistance there. So I'm going to take you in a really roundabout way through the wilderness. It's not going to be quite the easy trek that maybe in your mind you thought, hey, we'll just go up this main route and we'll get there. And God does it strategically because he knows if they face some adversity, they're not going to stick through with the plan that he has for them. And so they get there and they're going and then all of a sudden they come to an obstruction. It's a big old body of water. The Red Sea is in front of them. And as they get to the Red Sea and they don't know where they're going to go, Pharaoh changes his mind. He says, you know what? That was a mistake. I'm going to go get them. He gets his army. He gets the chariots, all of the riders and their horses. And they're going to come out and they're going to get them and bring them back into captivity. You can imagine their hearts in that moment. You can imagine what they felt as they almost had a glimpse, a taste of that freedom. And in that moment, they even begin to turn on Moses, their leader, and even begin to get frustrated with God. In Exodus 14, 10, it says, As Pharaoh approached, the people of Israel looked up and panicked when they saw the Egyptians overtaking them. They cried out to the Lord and they said to Moses, Why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? We have you, why have you done this to us? Why did you make us leave Egypt? See, you might be able to identify with that a little bit. See, as they were pressed up and they didn't know what they were going to do, where they were going to go, and they just cried out to God, you were going to get us there. God, you said you were for us. You said you were going to get us to that land that you had promised us. And yeah, we were taking the roundabout way, but now we have this obstacle, this Red Sea, and how are we going to possibly get across it? How are we possibly going to get to where we're supposed to be going, where God said he was going to deliver us? Pharaoh's hot on our trail. We're, we're done for. 
But then we see Moses chime in, and I love the bravery that Moses has and the leadership and the trust that he has in his God and knowing that God is for them and is going to get them through. In Exodus 14, starting in 13, Moses told the people, Don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you. And then get this last part. Just stay calm. Oh man, friends, come on someone. I, I hope you're shouting a little bit in your living room right now here and that. Just the, the, the relief that they had to feel and know that God was just saying, hey, you don't have to worry about it. I know you're freaking out, but you just need to be calm. Why? Because God himself is going to fight your battle. You don't have to do it. We don't have to jump in a bunch of boats and try to row across the sea and do it in our own strength. God's going to do it for us. And God shows up in an incredible way. And here's what I want us to get this morning. Here's something that I really want you to get deep down in your spirit in this Easter message. And I want to remind us is that unprecedented situations are unprecedented opportunities for God to move. Did you catch it? Unprecedented situations are unprecedented opportunities for God to move. They were in a situation that seemed hopeless. They had surely never been in something that just seemed so extreme where they were lost. There was no hope. Pharaoh was coming to get them. They're trapped. Their back's literally up against the wall. They have nowhere to go. But when God shows up on the scene, and here's what I want you to get today, friends, is that God specializes in the impossible. If the situation is too hard for man, this is where God comes. This is his calling card. When it's too difficult, when we don't have a way, when there's no route, when God shows up on the scene, everything changes. And so what happens, and maybe you've heard the story before, is that Moses comes and he stands before the sea and he uses a staff and God uses him and splits the sea in half. Literally, it says in the Bible that there's a wall of water on one side, a wall of water on the other side, dry ground appears down the center, and the entire nation, picture it, the entire nation marching across the ground below the sea to get to the other side. And the army of Egypt, they decided to pursue them. And some of them are like, I think God's on their side. Side, that's probably not a little bit normal and they were still probably crazy enough to pursue them and they follow after them. Everyone gets to the other side except the Egyptians. The water comes back crashing over and takes them out and God sets them free. God puts them in a place in a path that they never thought possible. God does the impossible, unprecedented situation and it was an unprecedented opportunity for God to show up and show off in their life. See, friends, I don't know what you are facing, and I don't know what you have been through, and I don't know what you're dealing with right now in your life and in your world. I don't know what the proverbial wall or the Red Sea that you're facing and what's pursuing you, what you feel down and out. Maybe it's a job situation or finances or a relationship or your physical health. I don't know exactly what it is. But maybe even if it's been intensified a little bit with this coronavirus thing and so much uncertainty. Maybe you're just looking at this Red Sea trying to get your kids through homeschool and you're like, I don't know if I can do it anymore. I don't know, friends, what it is that you are facing. But I want you to know and hear me say today that just like Moses said to his friends back then, do not be afraid to just be still, be at peace. Why? Because God is going to fight your battles. There have been so many times in my life where I've had to stand and trust God when I couldn't get over something, when I couldn't do it in my own strength and my own ability. 
And matter of fact, it's been something that I've had to learn and grow in because so much of my life I've tried to take control. I've been like the, I've been like the Israelites who were crying out to God, you said you were going to get us through. Like, what are you doing? We're going to die here. And I even remember, and I've shared so many times over the last year and a half, or the stories of us starting the church and starting Treeline. And it was really unprecedented situation for us. See, we're in a great situation. We were in a great church. We were both working full-time jobs. My wife and I, we were both comfortable. Things were great. We were surrounded by people that we love. There was no reason to rock the boat. But we began to God speak and say, hey, we want you to go start a church. God was calling us to start a new work. And so we did the unthinkable. We left our jobs. We both resigned. We're going to move across a couple of states with no jobs lined up, no housing, no team, no support, no finances, no building, nothing. It was unprecedented. And when we got there, we didn't know how hard it was going to be. And then slowly we started to figure out this thing is a lot harder than we thought. And we begin to see ourselves pressed up against that Red Sea. And we're just crying out to God like, Lord, did you just bring us to Pittsburgh to die? We felt a little bit like the Israelites in that moment. Be like, God, where, where are you in this? But then as we begin to trust him, as we begin to say, God, we, we don't got this. We need you. God began to show himself strong. He began to show himself faithful in our unprecedented situation. He had unprecedented opportunities to show himself strong. And he provided each step of the way. When it didn't seem like it was going to work out time and time again, he would split that seed just at the right time, at the right moment, and he would get us through to that next place. And I believe that God wants to do the same for you. Matter of fact, even in my life, as I was reflecting on this last week, all the times that God showed up and worked in my life, I even think about the time when I met my wife, Christy, and going back how many years ago now, 16 years ago, that we met in it was just such a different time and a different culture at that point, um, even different now because we could, you know, shake hands when, you know, we didn't have to be socially distant. But, you know, even 16 years ago, it was way before any of that. And it was a little bit different time and culture. And I really wasn't dating. I didn't have anything against dating. I just wasn't something I really got into. And I didn't really want to give my heart away a bunch of times. I just really was believing and trusting God that he was going to bring that right person along. And I, it wasn't that I needed that to feel complete. I just knew that God had someone out there for me, that I wanted to be married, that I wanted to have a family. That's just something that God placed in my heart. But then as I begin to get a little bit older and get out of college and just waiting and be like, I don't know where she's going to be at. And so we met, but it wasn't in the traditional way. It wasn't in the same direct route. You know what I'm talking about? It's like when God took the Israelites out and he said, hey, you're not going to go the direct path. I'm going to take you a roundabout way through the wilderness to get you where I want you to go. And so Christy and I actually met online. And now that's like no big deal. And it's pretty normal. But 16 years ago, that was pretty revolutionary. Matter of fact, it wasn't revolutionary. It was kind of frowned upon. People were like, oh, that's not safe. And he's like, going to be a creeper. And I, I can't speak for Christie's family, but my family, surprisingly, they were okay with it. I'm like, shouldn't I be concerned? Maybe she's like a creep. And I'm sure her family's like, this guy, who is he from Pittsburgh? And he's probably a Steelers fan, God forbid. And they're going to let, you know, me be with their daughter. And so God just did something amazing. He, he honored that and did it in such a roundabout way. It wasn't a way that we thought that he would work and move in our life, but he brought us together. I was living in Pittsburgh at the time, just finishing up college and moved home. And Christy was finishing up her graduate degree in the state of Tennessee. She was in Memphis, just two total different worlds apart. But God did something amazing. He didn't take us on the front door trip. He didn't take us on the highway to get there. He worked in a roundabout way and maybe took a little longer, at least for me, than I thought it would be. And I thought it would take it. Maybe you've been there. Maybe you're there now with your relationship and you're wondering, God, where, where is this guy? Where's this girl that you have for me? I'm trying. I'm trying to be pure. I'm trying to save myself. I'm trying to wait for 
for that right person and not settle. And friends, I want to challenge you to not settle. Don't settle for less than God's best for you. God has that person out there for you. And maybe it's not a relationship, but I don't know what it is that you are waiting on or what you know God's getting you to that promised land to know that he is with you, that he has loved you, that maybe that, that job or that insecurity or with your finances or, or with a relationship, whatever it is, I just want to remind you today that God will use that unprecedented situation to show up and show off just to simply trust him, those words that Moses said to the people of Israel. He said, don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Lord himself will fight for you. Friends, the Lord himself is going to fight for you. See, even as Jesus, when he came to the earth, and it must have been such an amazing time, I can't imagine what it would have been like to have been around Jesus and see him perform the miracles that he did while he was here on the earth. Can you imagine to see the amazing creative miracles and see blind people having their eyes open and people who are deaf and dumb begin to speak and crippled people be able to get up and walk and let alone have a family member be dead and rotting in a grave and see the power of Jesus come and raise that person back to life. Can you imagine what it would have been like to have been one of his followers and have a close seat to see what was going on? And see, at that time, there was even a little misunderstanding of who Jesus was and what he had came to do. See, the people, when they saw him come, and even his closest followers, they thought that he was going to come fulfill a prophecy that was going to come fulfill to be the king. Yes, but they thought he was going to be the king of their society, of their culture. He was going to be an earthly king, that he was going to reestablish them. See, once again, people of God found themselves in a terrible situation. They're being oppressed by another kingdom, by another empire, this time by the Romans. They were being oppressed by them. They were being unfairly taxed and treated by them. They weren't fully allowed to express themselves and who God called and created them to be. And so they were waiting to get out of that oppression. And so when Jesus entered the scene, they thought that he was going to be the king, the, the Messiah, the one who was going to right all those wrongs. And see, they they were thinking, hey, here's the land, the promised land that God's going to get us to. But instead of taking the direct route, God takes them around the wilderness through the side trail saying, maybe it's going to take a little bit longer than what you thought, but my plan is greater. You might not quite understand, but this is why we've got to go and get to the place that I want you to be. And it's what is really amazing to me in this is that even Jesus' closest followers didn't quite fully get this. They were actually even at one point fighting over when Jesus becomes king here on the earth. Like who is going to sit at his right hand? Who's going to have the most power? Who's going to be your favorite? Who's going to get the best advantage from this? Basically, they're trying to use Jesus for his power. And even after Jesus, even when he went to the cross, even when he went to the grave and he rose back again in three days, they still didn't quite fully understand the plan that Jesus had. Matter of fact, it says in Acts 1.66, it says when the apostles, Jesus' closest followers, were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? Basically, when are you going to right all the wrongs? When are you going to correct this injustice that's happening in our world right now? But see, what they didn't fully grasp is that Jesus didn't just come to set the right and the wrong in the world that they were living in, in their culture, in their society, and in their kingdom, that Jesus came for such a much bigger picture, that he wasn't here to establish an earthly kingdom at this time. He was here to establish the kingdom of God, that he didn't just come to give his life in a ransom for a few people living in that time. 
He came to give his life for a ransom for those people and everyone else in all of history. See, friends, Jesus came so that we could truly experience the life that he has for us. See, as we're sitting here talking about that, maybe you've been thinking or maybe in the back of your head trying to decide, hey, what what are some of the Red Seas? Maybe I spoke it and instantly you know what that Red Sea is, what that thing that you're staring down, that Pharaoh's army is approaching and it seems impossible. Maybe you know right away you can name it. Or maybe you're here and you're, you're watching or listening today. And you're like, well, I, you know, for the most part, I'm kind of okay. I don't really need God to step in and save the day. I'm kind of doing okay. And here's what I want us to understand. Is that even if everything else was right in our world, even if there was no coronavirus, even if there was no uncertainty, even if there was no anxiety in the society and the culture and the world that we're living in today, every single one of us are still in need of God to enter the scene. See that when we were born, we were born into a sin nature. We were born into a world and we were born that we were going to be separated from God. Why? Because we all have fallen short. To sin, this means simply to miss the mark that God has set for us. And see, friends, I want you to know and understand that even if nothing else, you need a savior. You need God to come in and save the day. There is nothing you can do in your own strength, in your own might. It's just like facing that Red Sea and the enemy is coming after you. You simply need to be still and trust and know that the Lord is fighting your battles. I love the way it says it in Romans 5, 8. But God showed his great love for us. By sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Did you catch it? While we were still sinners, that Jesus chose to go to the cross, that God sent his only son knowing even though we did not choose him and even though we might not choose him, he still chose to go to the cross for me and for you. And there's nothing that we can do to earn it. Our backs are up against the wall. We can't get against the Red Sea. Death and destruction are chasing us down and we can't get there on our own. And I love what it says in John 10, 10, because here's what I want us to understand today, friends, that it is not just about salvation. It's not just about fire insurance. It's not just simply about getting to heaven someday when we die. That might be a part of it. But in John 10, 10, it says this, Jesus said, I came so that they could have life indeed, so that they could live life to the fullest. Did you catch it? That God has a life for you to live to the fullest here on the earth, even more than our eternal salvation, that God wants you to live and experience this life that he has blessed you with. And there's nothing you can do to earn it. There's nothing you can do to be good enough or let your good deeds outweigh your bad deeds. It's simply a gift. I love the way the passage translation says it in Ephesians 2. In verse 8, for it was only through his wonderful grace that we believed in him. Nothing we did could ever earn this salvation, for it was a gracious gift from God that brought us to Christ. So no one will ever be able to boast, for salvation is never a reward for good works or human striving. We have become his poetry, a recreated people that will fulfill the destiny that he has given each of us. For we are joined to Jesus, the anointed one. Even before we were born, God planned and advanced our destiny and the good works we would, we would do to fulfill it. I just want to encourage you today that as you're watching, as you're, you're listening to this, that you might not feel like your back is up against the wall, but I, I want to remind you and let you know that every single one of us is in need of a savior. 
See, you can't earn it. You can't do this life on your own. You can't overcome it. You can't deal with it on your, you need a savior. I need a savior. We need Jesus. This is why we celebrate what Easter is and what Christ has done for us. And as we wrap up today, I just want to remind you, whatever it is that you've been believing for, whatever that promised land, whatever that thing is that you need God to step in, friends, he is with you. And that that unprecedented situation that you are facing is simply an unprecedented opportunity for God to move in your life. And if you're here today and you've never surrendered your life to Christ, I want you to know that your back is up against the wall, but here's the good news. You can know that the Lord is gonna fight your battles, that he has already done it for you. All you have to simply do is place your faith and your trust in him. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I thank you for every single person who's watching and listening, God. Lord, I pray that they would know that you would be reminded that you are faithful, God, to show up. And whatever it is that they're facing, God, if their back is up against the wall, if it doesn't feel like they're gonna make it on their own, God, that they would know that you are with them and that they are for you are for them. And God, even if you have to take them the back route, even if it's not the direct destination that they thought it was gonna be, even if they feel a little bit like, God, where are you in this situation, God, that they would know that you are with them and that you are for them. And God, they can trust you and they can put your faith, their faith in you and know that you are going to get them through. God, you are not going to leave them. Friends, if you're watching today and if you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, we want to invite you to do that this morning. Matter of fact, the Bible says, don't wait for no man's promise tomorrow. Today is the day of salvation. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter where you're listening. We just want you to pray this simple prayer. It doesn't matter where you've been, what your life has been like. Maybe you're just for the first time saying, I need God. Maybe even all the stuff that's going on in the world right now makes you realize more than ever that you need Christ in your life. So I'm just gonna invite you to pray this simple prayer with me wherever you're at. Just repeat after me. Dear Jesus, come into my life. I believe in you. Make me new. Fill me with your spirit. Help me to follow you all of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, friends. If you prayed that prayer today, we want to ask you to do something. If you would just text the word rejoice to 97000, we just want to come alongside you, pray with you, and help you make some next steps. So it'll be on the screen. Just go ahead and text that word to those numbers so that we can come alongside you and celebrate. And why is it the word rejoice? Because the Bible says that when even one person makes a decision for Christ, all of heaven rejoices. And so we are rejoicing with you today, friends. We are so excited to have you with us. Make sure you reach out to us. Thank you for tuning in and jumping in with us for Easter at Treeline. Thanks for listening. If you would like to connect with us or learn more about our church, please visit us online at treeline.church or on social media. Our mission is to see family trees changed by a lifelong relationship with Jesus. We hope you can listen or join us next week.